the broadcast is live. Welcome to the Real Estate Reserve Podcast with your hosts, Jason Balin and Ian Horowitz. Hey, hey, hey. How's everybody doing? What's up, Ian? What's up, man? Dude, I did, every time, man, that music just, I don't know. I like I like it, man. <laughs> so. Yeah, I screwed up. I screwed up the intro. Intro. It's still a work in progress. So today's Monday, April twentieth. As you as you know, for everyone who's been following us on this podcast, we timestamp everything because day by day, everything is is changing. So got a really, really, really good show ahead for everybody. Uh, we've got Tim Kane from Kane Home Designs. We're going to bring him in in just a second. Um, and then there has been a lot of updates with the PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program, potentially a new stimulus package that's going to hit um hopefully later this week as well so we're going to dive into that uh afterwards so i'm excited to speak to tim and the reason why is he's a dc area uh investor and i like dc area now obviously our company is very active in dc and baltimore i know uh both areas extremely well but most people we've had on the show so far have been baltimore focused and and you know and that's great and uh we have a lot of viewers that are also in the dc DC metro area, Northern Virginia, DC and Maryland. So it's gonna be good to get some of Tim's insights. So let's bring Tim up here real quick. What's going on, Tim? Hey, what's going on, Jason? Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, abs yeah absolutely. So why don't we just start with this? Why don't you just give everybody a real quick rundown of kind of who you are and a little bit about uh, Kane Home Design? Sure, yeah, so um, I'm a full-time investor. I uh, got in about 2011, 12. And uh, Kane Home Designs is my fix and flip and project management company. So uh, we're primarily in the D.C. metro area. Um, big fan of Northern Virginia, all parts of D.C. And in Maryland, uh, you know, Montgomery County and Arundel County and PG. Um, so we've been in business since 2012, done a little over 80, 80 fix and flips. And I project management for other investors. Um, and I'm also, you know, a, a realtor specializing for investors. Um, you know, kind of uh, full full service uh, from start to finish. Nice. So, so what what's your thoughts currently of the DC market? Uh, we've got a lot of insight of what's happening in the Baltimore market uh, with a lot of other experts. And, yeah. you know, we all know as close as DC and Baltimore really are together, they are still, you know, they're very similar, but very yeah. disliked at the same time. Yeah, you know, it is interesting. I I, I agree. It's, it's kind of like night and day sometimes. But um, so on the renovation side, you know, I, I do a lot in Old Town. You know, I'm from Old Town, Alexandria. And we do a lot in that area. We're still getting uh, numerous showings, a lot of virtual showings, and renovated properties are still going above asking price. Uh, you know, we're still listing them the same amount. Um, and uh, so it's still active in those certain areas where you have kind of dual income families that are both, you know, government or government contractors where their paychecks really aren't affected. And uh, they're sitting at home on Zillow, still pre-qualified. So um, we're seeing renovated properties go, but where we see there's a downturn is, you know, maybe uh, someone wanting to use a construction loan or buying an as-is property. People are trying to buy turnkey properties now because they want to hold on to cash, and you know, finishing a basement isn't in their cards anymore. Uh, so. Turnkey renovated properties are still selling like hotcakes around here um, in Northern Virginia and DC. Um, so 
we're, we're still um, optimistic about it. Uh, so we're going to, you know, we have had to adjust. Um, you know, we're, when we're buying properties, we're trying to stay away from uh, big projects right now. Just quick fix and flips with, uh, you know, no permits. I know a lot of inspectors are doing virtual inspections now. Um, so on the acquiring side, we're just trying to get those in and outs, but they're still selling. So that, that's, uh, you know, right now that's, that's what we're seeing. I, I think that'll change here in a, you know, Q3, but for right now, it's pretty, pretty, uh, consistent. All right. So as the ball, as the Baltimore guy, right. Cause Jason always says, ah, DC's insulated. DC's insulated. Right. And and I, know, I don't, I don't, I don't say that first. Yeah, fully yes, you, you say DC's insulated uh, and it probably uh, is. I mean, yeah. I just want to more, more insulated. Right, more right. insulated. Fair I'll enough. I'll go with but, that. I'll go with that. Yeah. But you do feel as though that a lot of the government contractors and government employees haven't been shut down. And you think that's why there's not as much. A lot of your uh, market is based around that whole government scene, correct? And there hasn't yeah. that been that many layoffs and things Perfect. aren't as hurt. Yeah, guess, correct. Don't, don't get me wrong. You know, like um, some counties that are more like trade specific. I know Charles County is expected to take like a big hit. Right. Um, but when you have. Northern Virginia and you have a dual income family and, uh, you know, they're buying $500,000 home, you know, four, 400 to $600,000 homes is kind of like the, the first time home buyer in that area. Right. Um, no, I mean, they're, they're still getting, you know, they have the government backing, they're working from home and actually even have more time on their hands. Right. These are millennials that are utilizing virtual tours. Um, I think p inspectors are doing a great job with, and appraisals with, you know, getting things through. So yes, it's going to get hit, you know, it, it's, it, it's minorly getting hit, but guys, things are still multiple offers on all my most recent properties in the last three weeks. Right. Um, so I, I think it, it will get hit. It, it's hit, but uh, not amplified in, in like other areas. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I mean, in DC has gone up a lot, obviously over the last, let's call it 10 years, you know, for mm -hmm. the most part. Now keep in mind, you know, in the 06, 07, 08, when there was a lot of issues, DC had, had gone up a lot and then it got hit hard. Right. It got hit very fast and then it went right back up just just as fast. And I think that's more of the insulation. I mean, I don't want to be, um, I, I don't want to, I, I think the word insulated is a hard word to say because a lot sure. of people are saying, hey, we're insulated, we're in DC and, and, and related to a lot of other areas of the country, I do agree. You know, there is a lot of people, like what Tim said, a lot of government workers that, you know, are getting paid. You know, fortunately, they're in the line of work that they're going to continue to get paid during all this. So that's a good thing. Uh, mm -hmm. But there's also something to be said about the median housing prices being four or five hundred thousand dollars, which I agree right. with as well. Yeah. In when things go up, when things go down, the median housing prices are typically, in my opinion, at least the safest. I think yeah. condo conversions, higher end luxury properties, things like that. Those are you know with less buy, you know limited buyer pool. Those might take might take a hit, especially. If interest rates eventually rise, which haven't. And then the lower end stuff potentially as well. Although there's really no lower end market in the DC <laughs> in, in <laughs> yeah. district to begin right. with. I mean, stuff right. that was, was somewhat low investors have been able to flip for $400,000. And sure. No, I think you, you hit it nail right on the head. I, I mean, that's especially with, um, you know, these, these client, you know, the, these prospective buyers, they're already qualified. So what's happened is there's like a sense of urgency now that they're locked in at these ridiculously low interest rates and they want to utilize it before, you know, things get bad. So we're, that's why I do think in, you know, over the summer and early fall, 
that's where we will see an adjustment. But these pre-qualified buyers, they know what's coming. Tight banks are tightening up. You know, um, LTVs are changing. So uh, you have like a weird sense of urgency from these already pre-qualified buyers, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes a yeah. lot. That makes a lot of sense. I, and I know one of the the go tos down in that Arlington Nova region mm-hmm. is the teardowns and yeah. the new house builds. I I think you're involved. Yeah, you're we involved are. In the that. What yep. What do you see with that market currently, and where do you think that new build teardown market's headed, both on the investor and buy side? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I know we personally are putting that on hold right now. So, you know, a normal tear down for us we'll buy something in the 500s in north arlington you know five to six hundred you know build for 400 and then list 1.3 to 1.5 but that's a year process that involves uh county permits um you know engineered plans a whole nine yards so we don't know what next year is going to bring and unfortunately people are still sellers are still expecting that five to six hundred thousand acquisitions and it's just Right now, cash is king, and I don't, you know, too many eggs in one basket. So we personally are slowing down, and those typically sit for a little longer too. You know, the four hundred to six hundred thousand dollar, even in North Arlington, honestly, townhouses go for like seven to eight hundred, and there's fifteen offers on that townhouse. But once you right. get above a million, that buyer pool slows down. That you know, it changes. So uh, we are staying away from those currently. I know developers in the area that are just pouncing like like because they have the capital to do it right but uh the general consensus is stay away from big projects especially conversions and um new builds teardowns but again that's just our business model if that's your niche and they can handle it you know right. power to you you're probably it's going to be less competitive for them to be honest yeah 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 and also some of them that are smaller home builders they are only going to do one or two at a time. They can, put all their resor- yeah. they can put all their resources or if they've already got permits in place. But I agree. I mean, it's the same thing on our end with the lending stuff. You know, we're mm. shying away from the bigger construction projects because uh, who knows, you know, who, who knows how long it's going to, how long those could take, who knows what the, um, you know, certain jurisdictions, the permitting process is a nightmare. I mean, Ian, you're probably not too much aware of this, not doing the DC area, but like pulling DC permits Ugh. takes, freaking forever it is a it's nightmare awful. and even if you pay top yeah. dollar to get expediters and everything else in it mm. and those condo conversion projects that were a lot of lenders were all about and a lot of big developers were all about because there was a lot of money there you could buy yeah. you know when, it, when when the condo conversion market started typically and they couldn't get their hands on deals they would just buy a nice house renovated house and just yep. tear it down and clump yeah. the lights and build four or five units out of it <laughs> and then pay retail for it because the numbers still work and sure. then it got saturated, but then the permitting process was just on freaking overload that it, it makes it awesome. difficult. You have to use yeah. a third-party service, and you're paying a lot of money for those third-party services. And, and another thing is uh, on the fix and flip, I, I cabinets are taking – I'm on back order for all my cabinets, uh, my Anderson windows that I usually – it's a five-week turnaround. Now it's eight weeks. So not only Sorry. if you're taking a lo- loan on this – you know, definitely underwrite a slower process due to not only permits and, and um, inspections, but also material getting there. Yeah, a lot of that yeah. stuff comes out of uh, central Pennsylvania, right yeah. down the 83 corridor. And I think that's a big issue with, I mean, Governor Wolf. I mean, he is literally from the Wolf cabinet family. Yeah. You think that he wants that open, but, you know, I, I get it. it. It is what it is. It's his point of view. And yep. it is causing, we're having delays with steps and stuff because we get a mm-hmm. lot of that stuff out of uh, Lancaster. Yeah. Um, oh man, I just my question slipped you. 
Uh, yeah. Well, what, you know, one thing that we've, that I think collectively we've seen, and you've probably noticed this as well, is as of now, there's just not as much pain in the marketplace to yeah. get the really good deals. You know, April 1st was a big date, obviously, for lenders to see who's going to collect their payments. Right. Um, with, with landlords, their ten- their residents and their tenants uh, making payments. You know, May 1st coming up soon is going to be another one. But as of now, there just hasn't been a- that much pain. And I'm assuming you, you know, most people seem to be now aware of that, of, mm. hey, times are different, but like, it's not like yeah. I'm out there getting a home run deal. <laughs> yeah, no, you're exa- it's a weird, you're exactly right. I mean, it's a weird like medium right there because yes, one, you know, I make probably, I would say seven to 10 offers a week. Um, and my niche was, you know, face to face building bond and rapport. You know, I'm never the highest, you, you know, there's in the, in the DC market, you have 15, you know, <laughs> mailers per house. But the other thing I've noticed is people that were scared of foreclosure and pre foreclosure, they're not scared anymore. Right. They, they know, oh man, nothing's happening. So I can hold on to this longer. So that's a big part of it. Um, where I do want to be opportunistic though, is all these landlords right now. Um, you know, they have a $600,000 townhouse and, you know, let, let's see what, what's happening with collections, but that out of state landlord that had that monthly auto pay, I think we're yep. going to start to see a spike in that. So decline in, in foreclosures, but a spike into, to out-of-state landlords. But my big thing is I'm not used to doing a lot of things over the phone or looking at photos. I let my hand, you know, I, I go and, and check these houses out um, all day long, all week long. So it's, it's hard to find the pain, um, you know, via email and phone. You know, you just send right. out an offer. And like, eh, I'll just hold on to it longer. And, th- and that's another thing too, is people have just sheltered in place where they, they're just not even dealing, they have bigger problems, um, you, you know, to deal with. And, and the repercussions, it seems like, uh, they're not as afraid of them anymore, like losing the house. Right. Um, so it's a weird, it's a weird time. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's a real interesting point. You're the first person to bring up that we've interviewed over the past few weeks of, mm. you know, that is a, that is a market that a lot of people used to target, you know, pre foreclosure and going after those people. But the whole thing that you just bring up about, yeah. Um, landlords, I don't disagree with you. That's going to be a hot target. But the question mm-hmm. is how many of those landlords are going to say the same thing? Well, oh, they're not going to foreclose on me. I'm going to run this thing yep. out. So what's our time horizon? Does it go mm-hmm. from now to 24 months and now you're in rapport building? And the problem with rapport building, like you said, is over the phone and, and via these types of calls or however you do it, how can you build rapport yeah. virtually? And I think that's, uh, and I know there's a lot of virtual wholesalers out there. Or, sure virtual buyers and they do it, but it's a lot more transactional. So Mm. I think it's going to be something interesting that a lot of people are going to have to navigate and figure out how to build that rapport online. Yeah. It's, you know, thank, you know, these, these type of platforms are great. Uh, It's a little bit better, but you know, my average person that that's has a distressed property, um, you know, some people don't know how to work these platforms and, or right. send a, send a f- cam, uh, send a photo on their phone. And they're like, what? That, yep. that, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. So uh, exactly. it's, it's tough. And then you underwrite it super conservative and then you kind of just write yourself out of the deal. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I know we have a few minutes left and I know you got to run. Um, yeah. but, uh, I, what I was going to ask you earlier is I knew you do work for a lot of, uh, you do work for homeowners or you work for investors. How has your company been handling um, everything with working in people's houses 
Um, has that work stayed consistent during all this? Yeah, you know, my home improvement business has has put on a hold. You know, most people that we do like luxury home, you know, in Vienna and D.C. conversions right. and, you know, English basements. A lot of people are using their retirement plans and 401ks. So that's definitely been on hold. Right. But we've been respecting, um, you know, we're doing a lot of things more virtual. Um, you know, my whole crew, you know, there's four or five of us that would go in at a time. Now we're just partnering up. So two, two people in, two people out. Um, we're definitely, you know, wearing all the appropriate gear and whatnot. But there, there's a lot of people that just do not want us in their house right now, in which we, we uh, 100% uh, respect. So we'll do a lot of front. Uh, we'll do a lot of uh, work, due diligence on the front end and everything we can. And then I'll do a, you know, a five-minute walkthrough and then we'll go outside to talk. And people seem to be okay with that or, um, you know, we'll catch up later on the phone. So we're just adapting, you know, that's the yeah. best we can. Yeah, I think everybody kind of is on the, uh, on the same place. Is Ian frozen? Oh, Ian's <laughs> Ian frozen. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just his, yeah, that's just his rest. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I wasn't uh, sure if he was uh, <laughs> thinking right in or, or yeah, he's in thought. Ian, you're slowing down our feed, bud. If you can hear this. Um, well, no, it's good that, you know, you diversified into a bunch of different business models. Cause I think that's important right now between, yeah. you know, flipping and wholesaling and buying, you know, having rentals and doing some construction. I think that's, uh, you know, one of the things that we brought up a lot is my belief that the strong, if every industry is going to survive, you know, yeah. the strongest lenders, the strongest fix and flippers, the strongest construction, the ones who have a good solid sale business model, the strong to survive the weak, unfortunately, are, are not going to. And the ones in the middle, they better be working their asses off right now. Yep. And I think in general, real estate investing by no means is business as usual, but it's a working business model that's open for business. And yeah. people right now, investors right now should be doing their best and going all in with the resources that they have. And I, I'll never forget uh, one real estate agent that we interviewed maybe a few years ago up in Philadelphia market. He said he's been through maybe four or five of these. Wow. And, and he said, during these times, I go all in with everything. I go all wow. in with my marketing. I go all in with my team. This is the time. And this is one of the reasons why Ian and I had wanted to do more podcasts than we've done in the past. And, you know, we're usually very vocal and do a lot of stuff on the web, but it's, uh, you know, spend the time and get it in front of your target audience as much as yeah. you can, because that's who's there. Like my guess is, the homeowners that are getting 15 mailers probably aren't getting 15 mailers right now. The people that were spending money on Google AdWords are not spending that money on Google AdWords anymore. I mean, I, I typed in hard money lenders last night on Google right. AdWords and it was, it was awesome. One other lender. And, and I mean, we've been reevaluating all of those things. My budgets have gone down on some of these platforms. Yeah. Our exposure has gone up. Like this is not the time to not market. This is the time to mark the marketing in front of everybody and, you know, be optimistic, but be cautious. But then at the same time, you know, you don't have to jump in on every deal sure. that you do. Get your phone ringing, get on the phone, get negotiating. Yeah. You know, chances are, I'm sure you know, you know, your sellers are probably going to say no to your offer at, at the beginning more sure. than ever now of like, wait a second. Like, I just went with you because the other person, you know, like you're like, there's more people that are interested now. But that being said, yeah. maybe not as qualified or can get the number you want. But, yeah. you know, you're in front of them. And then when the pain comes back. When, yeah, it, it's, yeah. when it's ready, mm -hmm. you know where to call. And that, and that's just to just caveat on that. A great thing that I've, the ones that have been, I've just been cold dripping and the ones that I knew I was just too low. I wasn't the highest offer. Nine times out of 10, I'm losing to someone that was taking a high interest, you know, 
uh, hard money loan, maybe, you know, just starting out or, or whatever, a 203k loan or whatnot. But now all of a sudden that might be back in play. So I've actually been going, you know, to my cold drip and slow drip leads and revisiting, you know, times have changed. Um, and I just, we're just staying simple to what we know. We're doing quick fix and flips right now, underwriting conservatively, trying not to stay away from the permit and inspection process and getting things on the market as soon as possible, even if it's just cleaning it up and selling it as is, because just to utilize this, what, you know, the pre-qualified buyers, because, you know, I think we're all in agreement. It's going to be a little different towards the second half of the year. Yeah. And, and I think one thing that is going to be very interesting that uh, is going to be, I don't want to call it a, another test, but I think it's going to be very interesting that we may have this little summer boom, especially mm. kind of in the DC area, because yeah. Sellers aren't necessarily just listing properties. Like if, yeah. if you were if you were if you were thinking about listing in the spring market, then all this happened. You're not mm. listing. And I noticed yeah. that I was looking at I was looking at some housing trends or, uh, earlier this morning, and I think it was like forty. It's down by forty five percent of available housing listings. Yeah, and normally yeah. would would that would have occurred. So all of a sudden, there's going to be a little boom and a little spike. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to be artificial. It just yep. kind of weird people out because sure. you're like, oh shit, real estate's great. You know, everything's good again. Yeah. Um. So who knows? And you know, we all know when the news says real estate, you know, real estate's great. Real estate's great. You got to be cautious. And when they're like, hey, real estate's in the in the shitter. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, real estate sucks. To so stay away from real estate, that's when you really want to be involved in it. So I love it. Yeah. Great mindset. Yep. So, all right, man. Well, anything else you want to share with everybody? With anybody? Uh, everybody, and then why don't you uh, uh, just leave your contact information so people know where to find you as well? Yeah, for sure. Just thanks again, guys, for having me, and just you know, just to add on to it. I, I hope uh, everyone's staying safe and be opportunistic where you can, underwrite conservatively, and and build business relationships. And um, if anyone needs any help with underwriting or listing properties in the DC area. Um, been doing it since 2012. And even if it's a cup of coffee, uh, would love to just build more business relationships. You can catch me, uh, you know, on my just personal Facebook page, or you can do uh, canehomedesigns.com. You can see my portfolio and uh, you can shoot me a message there. And um, I'm all about paying it forward. And uh, if anyone has any questions or if I can be any value add to anyone, uh, by all means, please, uh, please reach out. Awesome. awesome. Thanks, Tim. Yeah. Thank you guys. Take care. Certainly appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, yep. of course. Talk hey. soon. Yep. Yep. Take care. Dude, yeah, my so. my yep. internet crashed. I don't know what happened. So, dude, dude, you miss you miss the going live time. Your internet crashes. Oh, dude, it's been crazy. I've been wore a matching kind of style hat that you have today. Yeah, there you go. But uh, no, Tim was awesome. I met him at a a storage mastermind event, um, and you know he presented, and it was very interesting stuff that's going on across all facets of. Of real estate, but um, enough of how we met. There's a ton of stuff going on right now. You said you have some, uh, I got some eviction updates. You got some PPP updates and uh, I have uh, the overall market. What you got? Yeah, yeah. go go through your stuff real quick. So I just had an interesting phone call before I jumped on here as I was racing home doing 90. Uh, hopefully my wife doesn't listen to this. I had an interesting phone call with one of our investors. And I said, hey, what are you thinking? And, uh, you know, he said, look, it, it's real interesting time. You know, I'm trying to deploy money. I don't know where to put it. I don't know what deals I'm, I'm looking at or what I'm not. He goes, but you know what the biggest problem is? He goes, how can you underwrite a deal when you don't know the disposition, right? And I, I was like, 
my God, that's that's the answer that I'm looking for is that I know what I expected this position to be, but the question is, when will that happen? Um, and it was a really interesting conversation. So it's good to see that everybody on all fronts are talking about where the um, where we're going or where we're headed. I just want to update again from Erit. Uh, we should really have uh, uh, them on here. Uh, I just got an email saying that this they have confirmed now that the courts in Maryland are scheduled to reopen June 8th. Um, they're going to send us an email out on May 1st. Uh, they said, um, can you still submit your suits list listed for ERITs? You got to do it for, again, only the ones that were we mentioned the other week, which ones are accepting. Catonsville is now not accepting failure to pay rents. Um, Towson is now accepting failure to pay rent suits, which will be date and stamped, and you'll be put in order in that time frame. Um, what will happen to evictions that I already had scheduled? Currently, we are being told that they will be rescheduled as soon as the courts open. So if you had proceedings going into this, it sounds like they're going to be rescheduled. Once courts open, will we be able to resubmit writs for any resident that hasn't paid? They say, yes, there is a stay on 60-day filing requirements from the date of judgment. So it's good to see that the courts are taking active processes. Um, and you could probably use this as a guideline to when we expect the state to open. You know, if they're saying June 8th, I would say, you know, maybe a week or two just prior to that is, I guess, is when Governor Hogan is probably targeting uh, to get everything reopened. Gotcha. Okay. So good to know. Um, anything else related to the eviction stuff? Uh, there was one other thing. I got to pull it up. Um, but you can go ahead with the PPP stuff. If it was something pertinent. I'll drop back in and grab it for you. So as of this morning, I think they, I mean, I guess they're in final negotiations for this updated PPP. I mean, we had conversations on Sunday morning with people and I don't think, uh, there was any leeway on it. Then Sunday afternoon said they did. And then I guess what's it going to the Senate to sign and when? Uh, yeah. So I think it's another 300 and, uh, 310 billion, uh, for PPP. So I would say, so I've been getting a lot of notifications from like Intuit for QuickBooks and other third party, you know, but besides obviously CPA agents and, and, banks and other other places, but just like third party places where you can apply through, I would make sure right now you get on the horn if you haven't got your approval. Even if you apply, but you haven't got your approval, you need to get that approval because from our understanding, and again, there's still not many people that we know that got uh, funding yet in place on the first set, but it does seem that everyone who got their approval in place on the front end is getting committed to getting that funding, that money at some point, but who knows, that could still be a few extra weeks. So I would go right now and make sure you do whatever you can um, to, you know, to Mar who is it? Marco Rubio, who, who's a big advocate of this. I think I, I yeah, think he was him, on CNBC. Him go and ahead. Harden, I think. Yeah. Cause yeah, uh, yeah. that's who um, Jason, when we had him on, that's who he did his webinar with was yeah, yeah. Uh, Senator Rubio. Yeah. So, you know, I, I heard him this morning and wanted and his advice. He said to two parties is number one, if you haven't got your money yet, or you haven't applied yet, go and do that immediately. On the other side, he's encouraging the banks and everybody back office to make sure they set everything in place because they're redoing things with underwriting again and they have new guidelines. So I'm guessing it's a different application this time around. So 
I would suggest go all in with that and and make that a priority. I know there was a lot of unhappy people, especially um, independent contractors and 1099s and single member entities that didn't have any payroll because they had to wait an extra week before applying. But now it looks like, you know, or hopefully everyone will have a fair shot. And obviously 310 million or billion is still not going to be enough for everybody, but you know, it is what it is. And, you know, be as proactive as possible to try to get it underway. Yeah, yeah no. And it's interesting what they're bringing up to the Senate. Um, not that we want to get into a huge political debate, but I was reading an article the other day that one side of the aisle wants to bring up either a subsidy payment to all everyone in America or, you know, do a year of mortgage and uh, rent forbearance. You know, the question is, at what point do our local, um, you know, like uh, the local community organizations that we have get involved and say, well, that'd be ultimately detrimental to landlords, right? You know, all of this is, is detrimental back to real estate, whether companies get funding or not, it all relates back to real estate. Um, and it's real interesting to see where things go because if something like that takes place i think as though we as landlords or real estate investors would have some really 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 interesting times to navigate above and beyond what we're already dealing with um i don't want to get into a huge political discussion but um you know you got to be aware of what you see swimming out there um and what is real and what's not and at a certain point you may or may not have to step up and get involved you know so yeah um Man, nice. I, felt, I felt like you were talking more because it was DC related. You were all pumped. I love, I mean, I, we don't get to talk about DC. I mean, I equally like DC and Baltimore. I mean, I've been very actively lending and buying properties in both those markets. And a lot of the stuff that we just typically talk about are Baltimore focused just because I would say in general, the majority of the units that we do on the lending side are Baltimore. But if you look at volume combined, it's about equal just because yeah. the loan amounts are a little bit higher in the DC area. But it's good to have, you know, someone in D.C. that's, you know, optimistic and, um, you know, wants to continue to, you know, to do good things in, in that market. You know, everyone we typically interview are Baltimore based. Um, he was mostly D.C. based. So, OK. Um, yeah. No, I, I that's uh, that's good for you, because Wednesday, I don't know who we got lined up for tomorrow. If you're doing one, I'm at the fire department. But Wednesday we have Vernon Vaughn jumping on here, who's an infill lot builder, really watched his company uh, explode over the past uh, few years. He does a lot in the, uh, I almost said DC, a lot in the P P P county um, area. So be interesting to hear how, because I still see him uh, cranking out new plans um, and pushing out property. So it'd be interesting to hear what he's got going on. Uh, do you have someone lined I up for tomorrow? I don't know, it's a secret. Well, it's a secret. All we'll right, see. fair enough. Thursday, we'll I know Thursday's a secret guest. Now, Friday on the case study, I do have someone lined up that I think will be beneficial for everybody um, about cost segregation and uh, tax type stuff. Uh, Jerry Lott, so that'll be awesome. Um, he'll be doing a screen share, so that that's definitely one that you want to jump on and catch. Enough crap about us, uh, Jason. It's Monday. I think Monday shows we should start saying what's our goal for the week. What's our goal for the week? What's your, what's your one goal that you're trying to get accomplished this week? I know mine. <clears throat> Might as well keep you accountable. We got people watching us I mean, every fine. day. I got, Come on, one goal, I, man. I, I'm probably, I, I, I put I, you on blast. I know I did. I'm no short on goals. You're not short I'm on just goals. Trying, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, find, I'm trying to uh, think of a good goal. I mean, I have, I have 100 goals every week that I'm doing, and I have them all written down right there. 
I know, but you uh, don't have one that you're like, this week, this is it. I'm getting rid of it. Like mine, I'm trying to find, I'm trying to finish this damn funnel that I've been working on for three weeks. That, that yeah. landing page? Yeah, that landing funnel. page. No, that, no, that's a good goal. That's a good goal. I mean, I've been doing a lot of transactional work lately, in a, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, right. transactional work is normal work that you would do in any, any given day to support your business that you help, uh, you know, inside inside your business. The problem with most people is all they do is transactional work and they don't do any of the business building or the growth or the marketing or or processes and strategies. So they're always stuck in that transactional work. I've always been like 50-50, but lately I've had more transactional work because there's just a lot of good op loan opportunities out there that I'm, I'm weeding through and, you know, making sure we, we do, uh, you know, make good decisions on them. So um, I've spent a lot of time on that. You know, one thing that I'm lacking that I want to continue to spend the time on, and I did this the first week this all started, but not too much as much as um, um, more education and learning and podcasts, audiobooks, and articles. That's typically, I like to spend, I'm trying to spend about two hours a day on that. And right now I'm in about 30 minutes to an hour. Right. And um, usually by doing that, it's about an hour of a book and uh, 30 minutes or so of a podcast and then 30 minutes of like miscellaneous stuff. Right. And, and right now I, I haven't done too much on any books. So it's mostly been podcasts because I love podcasts. What's up, Rusty? Um, well, I think and, you're, you're at a disadvantage. You're not leaving your house, right? Like if you started on the way to the office, whether you got an hour long drive like yeah. me, I get two hours built in every day because I got an hour play. But at least if you started like on that's the way like to the I'm office, somewhat jealous of that. Yeah, yeah. Right. and then you continue it in, and then you you got your first thirty minutes out of the way, right? Like so, I guess you're kind of missing your normal routine. Yeah, so. uh, you're right. I I missed that. It wasn't a ton, but it was at least thirty minutes a day of that. So I have my I'm doing my thirty minutes of podcasts, and then probably another thirty minutes of you know articles and things like that that you know that I'm reading. And they're all either real estate, business, or personal finance, or mar or marketing. I would say they're all related to that. That's how it's always been. So, right before we end, I'm going to mention one other quick thing that I saw today on CNBC um, because I do feel like I'm a research analyst these days. Like I'm not looking to do research, but I'm researching indirectly because number one, I probably talk to 50 real estate investors every day. That's not an exaggeration, um, either between phone or email. 50 of them. Um, I know that sounds crazy, but not, um, you know, so I see the types of deals that are out there right now. And I see the type of deals they're, they're buying and seeing, you know, things like that. So that plus, you know what I do, I, uh, see more content than I'm leading to believe actually come to think right. about it because I did watch while I was grinding through a bunch of stuff at like seven o'clock this morning, I, I did watch a good bit of an hour of CNBC that I got a lot of value out of. Um, what's up, Ronnie? So one thing that I noticed, remember at the end of this conversation with Tim, we mentioned how we're going to ha potentially have like this little mini boom, which I believe will occur 30, 40, it was like 45% the housing or sellers active listings for people that are ready to sell their houses is down by 45%. Right. Um, so I think there's just going to be an influx of buying and selling quickly, and it's going to be somewhat artificial, you know, and who knows how it's, um, it's going to last. But one thing I saw on CNBC today, which I do agree with, are hold on, is this part of the country, there's a lot more risk for pricing declines. 
and a lot of right. that's related to and a lot of that's related to tourism right um vacations uh texas oil um right. you know th things like that and i do for the most part agree with that that you know some of those areas i mean the reason why south florida and las vegas got absolutely killed um during those times is tourism and <laughs> and, and and vacation spots and you know a lot of interest in in you know going to those areas so i'm hoping that there's not one area that just gets killed i'm hoping that's hopefully that doesn't exist uh that being said i do believe that as a whole the market is gonna slide slide down there as things adjust but yeah i think oil is at what eight dollars or and it's, and it's tanking by the barrel or something crazy like that so um you know all that's related you know actually i'm surprised that they don't have more stuff about north dakota up there where all the oil um is being dug up there so it'll be interesting to see what happens across the nation um and where everything's headed so yeah exactly uh ronnie to answer your question um i'm guessing you mean uh spec lending on a, on a spec home for new construction, I'm guessing that's the answer to. I mean, we haven't been too too aggressive on new construction right now. The only stuff that we've been doing is where the land value has where, where is it a high price land value. You know, if someone wants to buy a property for two hundred, you know, a lot for fifty grand and three hundred to build or whatever the case. You know, two fifty to three hundred to build, we probably wouldn't do be too aggressive on that because our day one value on the lot there's just not enough value in the lot itself. If there is a high collateral lot absolutely we I, I spoke to a guy in northern virginia who was buying a lot for 560 similar to like what tim kane would have done in the past and to us that makes a lot of sense because you know there's a lot of value on day one you know unfortunately i know it's hard sometimes for people to think about it like this but you know if, if a lot's worth 50 grand and even if we lend a dollar on it i don't want that you know and we got to foreclose i don't want that lot and by the time we did foreclose our dollar loan would end up being tens potentially tens of thousands by the time we even got that back so to us it just doesn't make sense right now um in the future maybe we've certainly done it in the past but you know if we do a loan you know on a five hundred fifty thousand dollar lot and let's say we're at a 50 ltv on that there's still real value that can get unloaded uh quickly so all right man any anything else you want to add and we'll uh we'll call it quits and you know i might be on tomorrow um solo <laughs> or or with another guest I mean, I got, look, I can, I can try to jump on. There's no guarantees. You know, it's a little crazy at the firehouse trying to do these things. I'd hate to bail on somebody in the, in the, uh, in the middle of a, a full blown thought. Uh, but with that being said, you know, it's Monday, get out there. I hate to do the motivation Monday crap, but dude, now's the time. Uh, I think we have some good people coming on this week between Tim um, and who we got lined up the rest of the week that, you know, you can refocus your business, get out there, do what you need to do. Um, pick one goal, get it done this week, and let's go. And uh, I see Ronnie's comment is flips are a better focus. Right now, I think so. Um, I wouldn't be spec home building right now because no one knows the future of the market. Flips are even a little tough. But if you can buy it at the right price, man, get out there, buy it, do a deal, get it done. The key is get in, get out. But, you know, earlier in this podcast, Tim brought up a lot of valid points, you know, that issues on supplies, issue on inspectors, issue on lending, you know. There's just a lot of roadblocks that you need to overcome currently. So that's what I'm going to leave you guys with. Get out there. Have a good week. And we'll, I know I'll definitely be back on Wednesday. See you guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Real Estate Reserve Podcast. 
Do us a favor and like, comment, and share our broadcast. It helps the algorithm and helps us spread the word too. Till next time.